Hello, I'm Becky Hadid, host of The Storied Recipe. As my weekly guests share their stories through the vessel of cherished food memories, we all become better cooks, more grateful for the gift of food, and we honor those that have loved us through their cooking. Welcome to a very special episode of The Storied Recipe, which was recorded on location in one of Reykjavik's most famous restaurants, Prir Frakar. After I enjoyed a high-end meal of Icelandic specialties, including whale sashimi, roasted whale, cold smoked puffin, smoked salmon, a very delicate halibut smothered in lobster sauce, horse tenderloin, uh, seaweed, and the iconic dish of Iceland, traditional plakfiskur, or fish stew. After I ate all that, I interviewed Stefan, the head chef, owner, and business manager of this famous restaurant. Stefan is the son of Iceland's most arguably, I suppose, most famous chef, Ulfar. And far from living in his father's shadow, Stefan has made a name for himself, growing his father's business to international renown. And in today's interview, he discusses how this restaurant, it was the third restaurant that his father started, dared to be different, in Stefan's words, by creating an elevated menu from traditional Icelandic dishes using almost exclusively Icelandic ingredients. We go into his family story, of course, and he also educates me on the whaling industry, the Icelandic financial crisis in 2008, the resulting boom boom in tourism, and so much more, especially about Icelandic cooking, including this plakfiskur, this fish stew, the recipe of which Chef Stefan was generous enough to share with all of us, and you can find a link to in the show notes. Now, as another special treat in today's interview, which makes this episode very, very dear to me, we're joined by my close friend, Gudmunda, who was born and raised in Iceland and also arranged this interview. After 20 years traveling the world as an Air Force family, Gudmunda and her husband Nathan and their four children have settled back into Iceland again. As an amazing home cook herself, Gudmunda is so steeped in knowledge of Icelandic food and history, and she brings so much to this conversation with uh, myself and Stefan. So I am just thrilled to share this episode with you. And please, should you travel to Iceland anytime in the future, and I really believe it should be the very first place uh, on your list of places to go, find the information for Prir Frakar in the show notes and set up a reservation for yourself. You will not regret it. Over 1,200 people on TripAdvisor agree with me. Uh, Just as a very practical note about this episode, we started when um, a couple of lovely ladies were waiting for a taxi after their lunch um, in the room next to us, and it took me a few minutes to realize um, how distracting the noise in the background could be. So if you just bear with me through that, we'll um, work out the sound quality a few minutes into the episode. Also, there are a couple times we stopped and started, or I just felt like things needed a little additional explanation, um, simply because of the language differences and the fact that three of us were sitting at the table. So um, you generally don't hear me interject into our episodes, but today I'll do that just a couple of times. All right. With that said, I am so thrilled to share this interview with you. Enjoy it. We begin as we're about to start on our dessert course, which is uh, a creme brulee made with Icelandic skier yogurt. Yeah. And this is the skier, the Greek yogurt kind of a... Skier oh. brulee. Mm-hmm. Can you like throw this over there? If you know creme brulee, this is the one with the more refresh taste. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't cook it as the, we do the, the creme brulee is cooked. Yeah. A lot of cream on eggs. This is kind of we use gelatin. It's like a flan. Yeah. Mm. Mhm. Basically, vanilla sauce and and uh, yeah. the, the, and uh, some skir. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta break it. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Is that brown sugar on top? Brulee. No, it's uh, rosic. Ah. The brulee in France is like burnt. Mm-hmm. Really? Crème brulee. Brulee is the burnt thing in France. Mm-hmm. Oh my word! Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so light. There's mm-hmm. a citrus flavor in that. Mm-hmm. This is it's a skier. It's a sour skier. is a sour taste. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. You've you tasted the original skier. Mm. Yeah. With no flavors. Have you? T- have you? 
You should, you should have it. Yeah. Have. You yeah. had a guy from India. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, do you have a just plain skir? Yeah, yeah. Come here and, and give me some and, and, and tell me how to eat it. I said, mm-hmm. this is very healthy. This is no fat. Mm-hmm. There's no sugar. Yeah. And it's all so protein. healthy, all protein mm-hmm. and very healthy. Mm-hmm. And how do you eat it? You put cream and sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know, you're right. I can taste it. So, like the aftertaste. I can taste the yogurt. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Creamy. Mm. In the old days, everybody, every farmer has its own skish. Mm. Just take a little bit of the old one and make it. It's like a oh, yeah, yeah. sourdough like yeah. kind of thing. Right. Yeah. You have the mm-hmm. germs mm-hmm. and you even have a bacteria, diff- yeah. different bacteria depending on where you. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit different, you know. And then yeah. the, the whey comes from the skip. Mm. We used to sour the meat and stuff mm. to prevent it because mm-hmm. we didn't have salt. In the old days. Oh. And this is the old Viking style too. Really? Putting things in the way and, and ah. get sour and it keeps all the mm-hmm. natural ingredients. Doesn't and it gets you can keep it for the whole winter and yeah. in room temperature. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a new way, it's like a new fad now with like healthy eating. Mm-hmm. To, to make use of the way. No, like way. a pickled food. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just the oh, fermented, yeah. fermented everything, foods are everything. Everything is fermented. It's so healthy. I'm constantly yeah. getting pitches from publicists of people who have produced a new fermented food cookbook. Yes, we, 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 we have school. The shark is fermented. Yeah. Through oh. and we have a skate fermented. Yeah. Because it's so good for the, your body because yeah. it's already started to break down mm. before you eat it. Yeah. So the the body is so easily digested yeah. and it mm. makes the all gut the health. Yeah. makes all the good. To, Mm. Well, yeah, it yeah. keeps the um, balance yeah, and the balance in the in the stomach. Yeah, the microbiome yeah. stays healthy. Yeah, like, like mm-hmm. with the sauerkraut of the German woman, they yeah. yes. pull mm-hmm. to oh. ease out the mud yeah. in the mm-hmm. stomach or the wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'd love to start by talking about the meal that okay. we just enjoyed, and then hear a little bit more about you personally okay. and your story and your sure. restaurant. Um, I would like to start by talking about the fish stew mm-hmm. because of everything. I think that was my favorite. Maybe the smoked puffin was close, but that fish stew was incredible. Mm-hmm. And you said there is a lot of history to that. Yes. In the that. early days, like when my grandmother was <laughs> home, you know, the women were staying home and cooking lunch for their husbands or kids. Mm-hmm. Usually in Iceland there was boiled fish. So this is the first of those interruptions that I mentioned. Um, in this case, we had I had realized that uh, the women talking in the background was interfering with the recording. So I had stopped and we were chatting amongst ourselves, but I hadn't stopped the recording. And when I went back and listened, I felt like this part of the in- Um, the conversation about the uh, birds and the mackerel was so interesting. I sort of wanted to uh, fit it in. So it's, it's again, an abrupt change in subject, but you understand why and you'll definitely recognize when we go back to the subject at hand. Did you get the... Uh, the birds from Sigthorp? He said he was... Not yet. No. Not yet. He said they were going to hunting this weekend and yeah. they're going to send me this week, so I have to call up. But mm-hmm. there's some friends of him from the north. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because uh, of the warmth of the oceans, I think the, uh, the fish that they eat in the south mm. is moving north, so the mm-hmm. birds are moving more north now. Mm. Yeah. And we have... We have uh, we got the mackerel here, mm-hmm. you've yeah. never had before. And having a mackerel is like having a... Yeah, like a... Grasshopper. Grasshopper. Yeah. Like, locust? Yeah, lo- locust. Yeah, yeah, the grasshopper yeah. locust, because they come and they eat everything. Really? Yeah. All the way up to short. They yeah. just destroy. Yeah, and the tuna follows him. We had, that's why we, we had bluefin tuna oh. coming here. And uh, they stay around here for uh, until the August, the mackerel, and then it goes away f- to Norway. Mm. And uh, they get so fat here. Mm. And then when we, we, we eat and we fish it, it has to be in the end of September when it's, uh, the fat is reducing to muscle because mm. we've been smoking them and, oh. and they're too fat in July. Mm. We have to wait until yeah. September. Mm. Yeah, mackerel's real fatty. <sighs> So it was the cheapest 
uh, food in Iceland was fish because uh, you can basically get it for free. And boiled mm. fish was a little easy to cook, and you're doing a lot of errands in there. Mm. And for four days, you had maybe three times boiled fish and one times uh, some oatmeal. And to, to use up all the leftovers, mm. they made bechamel sauce and took all the leftovers from the boiled fish. Mm. and some potatoes and stuff and mix it out and make fish stew. Mm. That's the story about this. Like I, our boulonnaise, you know, leftover food. Mm. But now we do it for fresh fish and, and mm. from the basic, from the beginning bit. Mm. And every house I've had their own recipe. Some had curry, some had uh, mm. and some had, you know, more pepper. The, uh, mm-hmm. so their own mm-hmm. kind of way. Is yours Based on your grandmother's? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my father, he said, he put it in a tuxedo with the bernies on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put it in a tuxedo. Yeah. Now, we were saying, we think there's a touch of curry in mm-hmm. yours. Yeah. yeah. It is. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Makes it d- deeper. Mm. And what makes it so rich? Uh, the amount of the fresh boiled fish. Mm. We have, like, the one you buy in the store mm-hmm. is like... Uh, 30% fish, more sauce and potatoes and stuff. Mm. With ours, it's 70% fish. Oh. Protein is 70%, mm-hmm. just a little mm-hmm. bit to bind it together, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we have the famous good because it's not like a sauce with a little fish. We have yeah, yeah. fish with a little sauce. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is like the Maryland crab cakes. Mm-hmm. You know, Maryland crab cakes. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the 90% crab. Mm-hmm. The good ones. Yeah, and then there's just something to glue them together. Mm. Mm. But your grandmother, maybe it would have been more sauce, more potato, a little less. Yeah, fish. of course, a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, mm-hmm. because depending how many she's feeding or how much she had left over, you know, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. basic yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay, so the other two things I'd like to talk about are the puffin mm-hmm. and the whale. Mm-hmm. Um, the puffin, you said, even though they um, exist naturally mm-hmm. here in Iceland, they're actually smoked. Yes. Elsewhere, tell yes. me about that. Uh, we, uh, the puffin generation in, in Iceland is very, very rich, but mm-hmm. it moved from the south to the north because of the the their little fish they eat they like mm. kind of disappeared in the south so they just go in the north just because the climate the they, yeah climate probably yeah climate something like that yes. mm. and uh, we have a the, the puffin in the millions of millions of there's so many really and then the guillemot and all this you know seabird mm. it's like the biggest uh, bird stock in the world it goes all the way from Alaska Greenland Iceland Newfoundland Russia it's all over there, and they mm. live on the ocean, but they come ashore just to breed. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this is very naturally good f- food because mm-hmm. they live only on some small fishes and mm. stuff, and they have it's very good mm. food. As mm-hmm. as with the whale, which is like a vegetarian of the ocean, because mm. they have uh, skis and they open up like a trawler boat, and they have all the they, they take so many tons of, of, of ocean and then they spit out all the sea and mm. the leftovers is like the small shrimps and mm. and the same as the cod eats and stuff mm. like capelin and stuff like that, very mm. small fishes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're so they're uh, like the vegetarians of the oceans yeah and the the, the meat is so pure it's mm-hmm. so good, it's no corrosive, no diseases, no mm-hmm. hormones, no nothing. Mm-hmm. It's very, very rich in uh, making us to build up muscles and men and, and get given us iron for our blood. Yeah, you were saying so mm-hmm. the whale's so rich in iron. Yes. Yeah. It's so, a very healthy meat. Yeah. Let's, let's go to that for a moment because I'm curious. When I told uh, my oldest son we were going here and what your specialties are and everything, he was curious about how the whale is sort of um, harvested and butchered and then just for such a huge animal, mm-hmm. how you choose what part to yeah. serve. Okay, well, for the first, the, the, our uh, fin whale population is well over 40,000, so we're not over hunting anything. We maybe mm-hmm. take 100 a year, right. maybe. Yeah. This has nothing to do with the overfishing or nothing. Yeah, just a tiny, just tiny, a tiny percentage tiny of what's percent, there. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, they have a big boat with a huge gun and the, mm. and, the, and the shuttle. It's not like the Moby Dick, but the shuttle has an explosion in it. Ah. So when it hits it, it explodes. Mm. So it's near certain death in 99%. I see. Mm-hmm. And then we, the uh, 
harvest it on the boat and uh, kind of like uh, tow it to the short and then uh -huh. they harvest it on the on, on land. Ah. They tow it to a mm -hmm. short land. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we harvest everything from the whale. Mm -hmm. There's nothing is thrown away in the garbage. Mm. Even the bones are crushed down to make fertilizer. Really? Yeah. And wow. the, uh, How about the organ meat? It's all boiled for uh, mm. for like um, fish uh, meal, cut meal. Uh, yeah, like a fish meal. Like or, a, or oh, all this stuff, you mm. know. like to put in a garden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Or we use Everything. it to, for so to feed. You can feed. Oh, feed other you animals. You feed other animals. animals. Yeah, but you can mm. feed salmons and stuff like that, and, oh. and everything is used mm. because he has, or he has it. He has a, a big uh, underground uh, hot water pipe coming up. Mm. So he has big pots and he cooks everything and makes it and dries it and nothing gets a waste. Wow. It's 100% recycled. So there's a lot of show and tell during this part of the conversation. Um, he's showing me pictures of what part of the whale it's from. And I'm trying to narrate that for you. And also at some point, the whale blubber itself comes out um, fermented in the skier way. That's the way of the Icelandic yogurt. And you were saying the parts to the whale, I actually just learned something when we were speaking earlier, which is that blubber and fat are not the same. No, no, no. The blubber is the protection um, layer in front of the whale when he strands, mm -hmm. it protects him for, mm. like if it gets cut, there's no, it won't bleed or nothing. Mm. It just this is like a buffer. Mm. <laughs> and it's a very hard muscle with no blood, but to eat it, we have to boil it for three hours, mm. and then we put it in the whey, Mm. Oh, the way that yeah. we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually have some in there. You want to taste a little bit? Of the way yeah. From this Icelandic yeah. yogurt? Yes, I'd love to. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a little bit here. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to try that. My dad. This is the blubber. Oh. Okay. I'm scared mm -hmm. to eat it. No. <laughs> Don't be scared. Mm. Don't be scared. Have you ever eaten it? Yeah, I grew up eating it. You can just take like half. It's, it's all thought. protein. It's not fat. And then... Mm -hmm. It's here. This part. Ah. So sort of between the neck and the abdomen. Yeah. Mm. Thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can see all the... I'm going to just take a quick picture. So if people mm -hmm. listen, they can come see it. These are, you can see the... Um, the and the liquid is white. Fibers of muscle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the way from the Icelandic yogurt mm -hmm. you know, that it's sitting in. And I'm, I'm raised up with, uh, my grandparents all had a mm. bucket of this in the fridge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my mom really? and dad still do. <laughs> all year long. And when would you eat it? Mm -hmm. Like you would all just snack on it? Yeah, yeah it's not gonna... when, you're, when you're having an oatmeal in lunch, a piece of this with it. Mm -hmm. Really? Or maybe a liver pate too. Liver. Well, mm -hmm. always sitting in the way. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And you eat it like the liver pates and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and the blood pudding, mm -hmm. which is pickled, or like... Fermented like fermented this. Like that. Mm -hmm. You eat it with rice pudding. Really? Yeah. Sweet rice pudding. See the rice pudding here, the the like the everyday one. Mm. It's like it's just cooked in milk, but then you mm. put cinnamon sugar. Mm-hmm. So That's or like even Norwegian with one. oatmeal. Wow. Now, this has been at least six months in the way. Yeah. Wow. My dad is from Vopnafjörður, mm -hmm. so there, he always gets shark from Vopnafjörður. Kallarar? And then he is it hanging outside the garage, and then he'll go and have like a little bite. It's and like then, a chicken shawarma. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he comes in and he's like, Mustafa, did you just have some shark? And he'd be like, yeah, how do you know? And it's like, he's re... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you feel like very... Because it's yeah. so strong, you mean? Yeah. It is so strong. Fermented. Oh. Yeah. It's like ammoniac. But I love but shark. Now, this, this is... This is soured. This yeah. is not fermented. Oh. What's the difference? The difference is fermented is naturally uh, decomposing, mm -hmm. of course, like, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But this is boiled and put in the whey, mm -hmm. and the whey prevents it from... Um, it's preserved. Preserved, yes. And it is a way of fermentation, but the shark and mm -hmm. the skate, they That's naturally ferment. Yes, they're naturally. You don't have to put them in anything. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. 
Mm-hmm. Because they so don't have kidneys. Strong, That's smell. why they're naturally. Oh, uh, I've always wondered. Mm-hmm. Like even Nathan said the other day, they're sort of urine soaked. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what no, is this? They, 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 they call kidneys, it. So they call it. Yeah. yeah. And they sweat it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is wow. actually just a natural way of decomposing. Oh, I love wow. Scott. That like Thursday is my favorite day of the year. It's a little tricky to catch, but in this spot, uh, Chef Stefan and Gudmunda are talking about the day of the year where Icelanders gather to eat this fermented shark. That's the biggest day of our year here. Yeah, I believe it. Wow. That 23rd. Oh. Remember, mm-hmm. my kids were... Mm-hmm. Well, Nathan was talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I serving skate here. It's yeah. packed here. Yeah. We have 500 people whole day. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it used to same like with the stewed fish like everybody would cook it at home but mm-hmm. now it's become more like a mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. event yeah. yeah so what's what's happened with the stewed fish why isn't it made at home anymore because it's still easy right? yeah, but it's still affordable yeah well some people do it but the housewives today is not the same as mm-hmm. 40 50 years ago no mm-hmm. and then all this and you have to buy the fish and then you have to cook it to do mm-hmm. that's so easy it's prepared in the in the store you can mm-hmm. pick it up like that you know mm-hmm. and it's just as good no. Yes, yes. No, I mean, no. not no. as good, no. not as, good as in the store. No, 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 I not as good. No, but yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to make it like us from the scratch, you have to have very fresh fish and mm-hmm. lots of it. And, mm-hmm. and we even uh, started having it when my father had this. Uh, it was skilled in Nayana Fermi. Yeah, confirmation. Confirmation when my sister, when uh, she was. He had mm, like a religious confirmation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a and celebration. When you're 14, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have a buffet. You know, usually mm-hmm. people have all kind of meat and stuff. But he had fiskur, and gellur. Yeah, <laughs> but your dad was always famous for yes. using seafood a different yeah. way. Yes. Yeah, mm. gellur is like the this muscle yeah. of the of the cut. Mm, the uh, what would that chin? be called? Cheeks. The jowls. They're no, this is a chin. Yeah. The cheek. Uh, the, the, this is the cheese. The, the chin, of the of the cod is cooked. Uh, of the cod, the uh, chin of the cod. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We call it the geller. Is that started. very fatty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. And we, what we do, we cook it, and uh, in bread crumbs like, mm-hmm. like and put some sauce on it. But it was very used in, uh, in the old days. It just usually just boiled it, mm. and eat it with potatoes and lamb fat. And lamb fat. Mm. Or salt it mm-hmm. for a few days mm-hmm. and eat, eat it like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people had a little bit ooh because it's so <laughs> slimy and stuff. But mm. but if you really like it, you, mm-hmm. it's very good. If you like it, you like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean when as we have it, it's more crispy, mm-hmm. so it's easier for people to eat it. Mm. And all I can all eat like two or three, and that's it. And then I can't. And, and then what is it? The fat? Is it the flavor? What is the texture? The, the, the texture yeah. is because it's so. Yeah, jelly. Yeah. Oh, like yes. gelatinous almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you have a cut head, and you properly cook it, a boil cut it, head of just color. a hat, yeah, with this ah. and the cheeks and everything. Uh-huh. If you clean it all out and mm-hmm. take the muscles and take all this jelly mm-hmm. stuff out, mm. it's the most delicate part of the cut. Mm. It's almost like lobster. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, you have to like make it desirable mm-hmm. by taking yeah. all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking cod like this, like like no, no, you no. know. We cut our so cod like this. Yeah, it's like six, six feet so, long. So the head is meters. like this big. You know. Yeah. Oh, the head is a meal for the two. The head is a basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we dry it mm-hmm. and sell it to Nigeria. And yeah. they make soup. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, we'll take a drive today too because it happened a few days ago. Where they dry the fish. I'll show it to you. So That'd this, be cool pictures. This does, you said you sell it to Nigeria, and this raises a question that I have. Even like the curry, mm-hmm. and the curry is not, I mean, curry is like the West Indies. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so how did all of this, these ingredients arrive here? Yeah, I mean, just with commercial stuff from Denmark and stuff like that, you know. Okay. Copenhagen is like. Uh, business Hagen, mm-hmm. so the name of the trading mm-hmm. harbor. So we get all of our stuff from Denmark. And it mm-hmm. used to be I our see. capital. But it came, these things, maybe like 400 years ago, even. Yeah, like but we, 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 are, we are talking about maybe 50 or 60 years ago. We were uh, using it, so uh, okay. we were, we were not wars. using... Yeah, uh, the wars changed a lot. Yeah, after the, war. Uh, after the war. After the war, the war helped us from... Picked us from the 
uh, old wooden uh, the the the, the, the yeah, the turf. Turf, the turf, turf huts. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you say the war, you mean one, two? World the two. World second. War II. Yeah. Actually, World the war II first War II is also... Is yeah, but the, but the money came with the number two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all the, 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 all the yeah. occupation of the, uh, the army and military, they built the roads and brought the jeeps and everything. So, so Iceland we, helped the Allies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. During we, we World were, War II? We were yeah. occupied by the British. First by the Brits and then the Americans. Oh, actually occupied. Occupied by the British, but then they yeah. made the agreement with the Americans. And was this, um, Iceland was already independent from Denmark yeah. no. at that time? No. No, no. that was 41. 44. 44, yeah. So um, 1918 no. we got our constitution, oh, no. mm-hmm. so we were kind of semi-independent, mm-hmm. but still under the Danish king, and then in 44... Yeah, when, they, when the German occupied Denmark... We said, by Denmark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. But the so thing that is, really changed everything. I one see. of the, I think, significant things that most Icelanders don't know is that Iceland was occupied by the Brits on the day Churchill became president. Yeah. It was his first work in office was oh, to occupy okay. Iceland. He understood wow. the significance of that. The, um, and then mm-hmm. he came here. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the Germans wanted Iceland. He, they really wanted Iceland. And they were right. preparing, and he knew that. Mm. So as soon as he was sworn in, he, he said, go ahead. Mm. On the wow. day, May 10th. Wow. And mm-hmm. Icelanders were just, like... We were just in receiving mode. We didn't really... Do you know what... Uh, if you read, like, Laxness, Laxness has a... He's the Nobel Prize writer who wrote, like, oh. The Independent People and... You were very poor. Written, yeah. Mm. The, I yeah, think just called, scratching out a living, yeah. there yeah. wasn't enough to yeah. uh, expand or... And then we got the uh, uh, Marshall help. Agreed. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. what really got Iceland we, out of We that. built our electric, Purfet, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. and we a fishing fleet and everything, mm. and that kept us going. From the Marshall Agreement. Mm. I see. Mm-hmm. But the first world war in Iceland, in Icelandic history, is called the Blessed War. <laughs> bless us, oh, bless mm-hmm. us because it, it, it put uh, value into trade and we were able to trade uh, for higher money all our herrings mm-hmm. went to we, we sold it all to, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the Europe's mm-hmm. sold it in, in barrels mm-hmm. and we sold our there was so much famine bacalao to Spain mm-hmm. the what to Spain? bacalao is like a salted salt cuts called yeah. bacalao in, in Spanish mm. Mm-hmm. Salted cut, and that's uh, there. It's like there. If they want, if they have something very good on Christmas, they're bacalao. It's their national dish. Yeah, I yeah. think Portugal as it's well. Portugal. Yeah, Does yeah, Portugal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like a tomato based. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, and they like uh, I think preserve it and the sort of rehydrate it. And we yeah. do that. Yeah, it's we preserve it and then they rehydrate yeah. it. Oh, Once that's, it's, that's you a, can see there's one on the wall here yeah, when you come in. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll get a. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is this is when all of these spices and stuff really sort of. That's why took when off we here. when we start to get the salt and everything, you know, before mm-hmm. that, you know. Mm-hmm. 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 Really, with the Americans. Yeah. The Americans changed a lot here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For better or worse. Well, better. <laughs> For better. better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Iceland became part of NATO, so there's occupancy here mm-hmm. until 2004. Right. That's yeah. how you and Nathan met. Yep. Yeah. I'm married to an American soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. My mother was married to an American soldier. Really? An engineer on the bridge. Mm-hmm. And I have a sister, half sister, half Icelandic, half American. Okay, so she see, your, your parents separated and your yeah. parents. Okay. So she, she, lived in, she, she lived in New Jersey. Mm. And oh. she came over summer to my sister and. Uh, she was up in the country and she, she loved Iceland so much and when she was 18 she moved to Iceland. Okay. She loves America. Your mother or your sister? My sister. Your yeah. sister. And uh, because the independency of the kid is so yes. much in Iceland. Yes. She was 12 and she could go to the mall and yes. everything. But when she wants to meet her friend in America, oh, I have to prepare for three days. Mm. Three days ahead. Yeah, and, and have somebody drive you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This is we talk. We both have four kids, mm-hmm. and this is part of why we became such good friends. Our kids mm-hmm. became such good friends, mm-hmm. and uh, we even as an American, we share this philosophy of letting our kids, you know, 
figure things out mm-hmm. yeah and just you know mm-hmm. maybe take some physical risks outside there was a time other mothers were yelling at us because we were letting them jump off a waterfall yeah, yeah, yeah okay but yeah, the yeah. first time we came to iceland she said you can see why we had to come back here because uh two of our kids in particular would just go you know yeah, in like nature. all day mm-hmm. we didn't mm-hmm. see them mm-hmm. and it's they would just walk along the shore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just look at rocks and birds mm-hmm. and no eggs. No hurry, no hurry. No hurry mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. So yeah. your sister wanted that for yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. Independent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She goes all the way oh, to America to meet her family there and she's right. in mm-hmm. good contact. It's like me. I, I love to visit America, but it's mm-hmm. too much to live there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. too much. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm on your boat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I've been all over the world, but yeah. Iceland yeah. is coming yeah. back. Iceland is home. So your father um, was Icelandic, mm-hmm. though, and he... Uh, tell me about the beginning of your restaurant. Yeah, okay. But it's 1989 when mm-hmm. uh, my father had already had owned two other restaurants. Mm. Potter and Pannan, which is a very famous uh, mm-hmm. uh, family restaurant, and mm-hmm. he, he kind of sold that in the prime time and uh, he wow. wanted to take a little bit and then he wanted to have it a little more little more cozier and uh, have some more delicacy mm-hmm. was, he had his first salad bar in uh, in uh, europe you know because they went he and the tommy house the bull and yeah they mm-hmm. went together and they took a three-week tour to america to steal ideas Oh, and the salad bar was one of them. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. Wow! And it was like a table upside down on top of it. And it was like uh, this was within this restaurant and stuff like that. Uh huh. And that was very successful in 1982. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, then he opened another one in uh, Sprinkie yeah, it's a hamburger place and mm-hmm. the food. These are still in business. These yeah, yeah, and he built mm-hmm. the house even there. Too. Okay. And so he did wait. He did fine dining, and he first he did family restaurant. Mm. Then he did uh, fast food, but then mm. he wanted to go and fine dining. Mm. So we're looking for a place, and this place was started by three Frenchmen, and ah. they got bankrupt. Oh, they went bankrupt. And, yeah, and they uh, they redecorate and everything, and mm. that's usually what happens when you're starting a restaurant. You went bankrupt because it's so expensive to yeah. build it. Mm-hmm. So we got okay. We have everything here. We go and uh, the marketing of the of this. You're outside mm-hmm. the mainstream, so everybody he wanted to have the name at Ulvars mm-hmm. the place, but. What is this uh, mean? At Ulvars, at Ulvars place. Oh, his name, his oh place, so his named name after is, himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but everybody knew where Three Frakar was, so let's keep that so people know what it is. Mm-hmm. So three Frakar at Ulvars. Ah. And then we have a funny Icelandic joke that doesn't translate very much. Three Frakar always means three overcoats too. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's Three Frakar, you were telling me, is three Frenchmen. Yes. And yeah. then your logo is like three overcoats. It's three frakker. It's ah. Icelandic. Frakki is an overcoat. Yeah, it's a kind of like Icelandic uh, it's a little uh, joke. It doesn't yeah. translate very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of many. Yeah. <laughs> so this is only for Icelanders. Mm. But when we oh. opened up, there was the two hundred thousand tourists in Iceland a year, mm-hmm. and uh, we were like he was very bold of having the fresh fish. On the menu because he was working on Iceland Air previously, making mm. catering, and he was traveling traveling a lot in, over the seventies mm. or so. Mm. And he knew what everybody loved the fish in Iceland, every mm. fresh fish. But the Icelanders like when I go for dinner uh, out for eat, I would meet. So oh, always, because they I'm make always fish eating the fish at home. Yeah, different. it's I always point us up. But mm. we were doing the delicacy, and people like okay, and and when mm. people had business meetings from our. Uh, people abroad, they will always come here because here is the fresh fish. Mm-hmm. You can have my beef and home, you know, but mm-hmm. like in the other places. Yeah. Ah. The foreigners want the fish. Mm. So that's how we kind of, tourists and uh, overtook us a little bit because... Which was the opposite of the intention. Yeah. The intention was by Icelanders for Icelanders. Yes, and we Icelanders. are like mostly in the lunch. We have mm. more, more, much more Icelanders than... Mm. But in the evenings, we have more tourists than mm. Icelanders. Mm-hmm. But we have Iceland too. Yeah. Mm. Do you feel like, well, I'll ask that later. Uh, okay. And then how did it go from your father? Well, let me ask, what's it like? 
from a child's perspective, being the son of a chef? What was that experience like? Nice. It was my like in the other restaurants. I was uh, started the dishes when I was thirteen. And Unpaid labor. Yeah, mm. or get a little pay, you know, mm. for, for the movies or something, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, always helping around, and mm. and I was a uh, lot helping around with my grandmother too in mm. her kitchen. She was always cooking and baking and stuff like that. Mm. And this we, is your father's mother. No, my no, mother. Your mother's mother. Yeah, we lived in the same house ah. all together. My, mm-hmm. We were in the basement. My grandmother. So mm. when my, my parents were, were like working, I could always come home, and my grandma was home. And she was always cooking. Always cooking and doing mm. something. I was always helping and stuff like that. Mm. Mm. And uh, then when I started to uh, uh, go to school for, for chefing, mm. I went actually to another place mm-hmm. and then I came back to him and finished. To your father. To my mm. And I was, I was actually finishing the chef school when we opened here when I was 20. Wow. So. But very nice, and we just worked on it all together, and uh, eventually we, mm-hmm. I took more over, and he get more, you know, mm-hmm. and eventually I bought the place, and you know, oh, so it's okay. So this is amazing to me because often kids sort of need to at least try something different. Yeah, I, I did, I did that. You know. Oh, you did. I, I went, yeah, yeah, I went from uh, working on the base <laughs> for from. Um, on, contra- mm-hmm. co- yeah, ah. on contra- constructions and oh. so next to the airport. I was building ah. the big, huge. They have a huge tank you don't see mm. beside the base called Helkovic, mm. and it's so huge. There are three of them. You can put a little bit of three tabs on. In mm-hmm. the, yeah, the hangers. The, yeah. No, it's not hangers. It's tanks. Tanks. Tanks for oil and yeah. for the pre- uh, emergency oil for. <coughs> for the uh, NATO, mm. for the ships and the f- airplanes. For the fleet, okay. Mm. And uh, when I got tired of that and stuff, and yeah, let's go back and mm. nice and cold, uh, warm and nice <laughs> in, the it's yeah, nice yeah, and in the kitchen. It's nice and warm in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and I like cooking anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, if you were in culinary school by the time you were twenty, it was only a very brief. Um, yeah, yeah. Diversion to yeah, construction, was, yeah, and then you was, were right back to this. Yeah, yeah, kind of mm. like yeah. And then I took a pause in the in the millennium, in two thousand. I went to uh, three years of uh, with my cousin. We were making uh, uh, jeeps, big uh-huh. jeeps, you know, uh, changing them for bigger wheels and going on the glacier with tourists and and making the jeeps for the if you if you like. Buy a brand new Jeep like that. Uh-huh. We'll take a small Jeep, try yourself a big one. Yeah, customizing it. Uh, yeah. And by the way, mm. Icelanders call SUVs Jeeps. Oh. A Jeep was what came with, yeah, yeah, with, the, with the army. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So with we call US. all SUVs Jeep. Jeep. Ah. So it's an SUV. Yeah. SUV. Ah, yeah. I see. I see. <laughs> and you, why did you feel like you had to take a break at the time? Uh, because I was kind of like, um, do I want to go to more business like mm. and. Less labor-wise, mm. and uh, I was in the sales too, mm. making offers and stuff. But I kind of I felt like I was more exhausted mentally doing all this, and mm-hmm. and I could laborly. Mm. It's better for me, but I I know all this inside out, all the mm-hmm. business. And I, yeah. I, can, I can do it without thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the labor and the stuff. So yeah. you're the owner of this restaurant. Yes. Mm-hmm. And are you also the head chef and the business manager? Yeah. And everything. Mm-hmm. How are you taking time to do this right now? <laughs> <laughs> I have a good stuff. Mm-hmm. You do? Yes, I have a very mm. good stuff. Yeah. But you're all three of those roles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I even have a real estate company. Mm-hmm. You have a real estate company as well? I own this and this and the next door. Ah. Mm-hmm. And, and you rent and them out? I rent them out there. And mm. we needed to have a bigger place. So we bought the upstairs and upstairs and another like this. And we have an office and we have a utility for the staff mm-hmm. and we need to have a little bit bigger we have another room in there mm. ready to be installed mm-hmm. that was mm. the storage room of the uh, opposite apartment in the next so we bought mm. that one to be but so we could have all pieces and we bought the whole house oh. so we can expand ourselves into the next one yeah. we cannot mm-hmm. build anything like this mm-hmm. which you're planning to do or that's yeah. what that is yeah. over there no no, no it's we're planning, planning to do. yeah it's in the it's in the making 
Ah. Uh, the leaves and all those steps. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so then the restaurant's doing very well. Oh yeah. I take mm -hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So this this is something I wanted to um, talk to you about. I'm <laughs> curious mm -hmm. um, what your experience was as a restaurant owner, specifically of this restaurant. What was your experience with the um, boom of tourism? What do you think was the origin of the most re recent boom of tourism? After the crisis, you mean after the uh, collapse? Mm -hmm. We were we were like uh, we were had a emergency meeting. Me and my dad when the collapse. Oh, what are we going to do? Really? Oh, mm, so can you, be... actually wait? Can you tell me a little bit about this? Because among Icelandic people, it's just known like the collapse. Yeah. But outside of Icelandic people, it's in fact this woman Alta that I'm mm -hmm. interviewing. She's written two books: a novel and a nonfiction book about mm. the crisis. But outside of Iceland, I mean, we know nothing about this, how severe it was, what the cause was, any of it. Lots so, of people miss, lost their houses in, in, in the U.S. Yeah, it's the tell, same tell as in the U.S. This. It's kind of like mm. the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. It started mm. in the U.S. No, <laughs> 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 I think it's... You will find people <laughs> in finance, high up in finance, mm. who actually say it started here. Really? But this was yeah. the loans, the house loans, cheap yeah. house loans in yeah. America. Yeah. I say started, and then yeah. the we were American companies uh, investing here. They were giving investing. mortgages. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 a lot. Ah. Yeah, a lot. Of it was loans. all intertwined, I think. Yeah. But I think it was this um, cheap loans. Cheap loans. Yeah. And no car, uh, no. So people no. who just couldn't yeah. possibly yeah. afford what yeah. they were getting. Yeah. You didn't have to come up with a down payment. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what happened a little bit during COVID here, cheap yeah, loans. And was there, I feel like I remember a little bit from what you said, Goodmundo, was there government corruption involved as well? Here, yeah. yeah, yeah corruption. It was like a, they, they played along. Yeah. They played oh, along with like the, the business government. guys. Yeah. 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 Oh, just, just turn the other way. And then taking it. Mm -hmm. It didn't make sense, mm -hmm. but you just let, mm -hmm. let yeah. the explanations. Yeah. But I think Iceland is you know we're so slippery we're capitalist we're kind of a mix and i think mm. americans like to look to iceland for example with the economic collapse because it's on a manageable scale you can think about it because iceland's so small this is the same as COVID. yeah what did iceland do right well can we really replicate what three hundred thousand people did no and that's the thing <laughs> no. but yeah. just to be able to wrap your mind mm -hmm. around the situation it's a case they, study. yeah mm -hmm. so the the Wall Street Journal, The Economist, mm -hmm. they, they talked about Iceland a lot in this sense. But, of course, it was pretty much worldwide. This economy yeah. was over-investing. Yeah. But what helped us out in after mm -hmm. this collapse yeah. <laughs> is that uh, the journalists and the, well, everything was so yeah. keen mm -hmm. on what... They came here by the thousands to to see what's happening. American mm. journalists uh, all, over, all, yeah, over. From all, all over, over. all over, all over. And our currency went down, mm. like, because it's very yeah. worthless. So it was so cheap to come to Iceland. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, hey, let's go to Iceland. Hey, mm. they're always reporting Iceland. And said, oh, okay. mm. So people started to go because it was so cheap to come to Iceland because the currency was so low. Mm. And then we had the volcanic eruption. And then we had the Eyjafjallajökull. Mm. Yeah, like, I remember this. Mm -hmm. yeah. I went to Las Vegas when it was, mm -hmm. and I was going to Seattle, mm -hmm. and from there to Las Vegas, mm -hmm. and I was trying trying to upgrade to uh, in the ticket to a first class seat. Yeah, yeah. So, mm -hmm. so no, 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 it's not possible. Okay, then I went aboard two hundred seated airplane with twenty people <gasps> because nobody could come from Europe. But we can to go here. to mm. America. And this is, this is because, again, people listening might not remember, but there was this, was it? In the eruption, ash. it's so fine ashes. Because the, uh, the eruption comes from mm. underneath the uh, glacier. Mm. It gets so fine dust and ah. it hangs up in the, in the air for many, many days. And the ah. wind condition created yeah. were that it was up. all over Europe, uh -huh. but yeah. Iceland was clear, yeah. mm. and the Atlantic Ocean was clear between mm. the U.S. and Iceland, so you could fly between mm. those yeah, two. But not to Europe. And <laughs> the idea is, this is one of my, my favorite stories of, when you went to interview for your, was it your citizenship? Yeah. Didn't the mm. guy say, oh, do you mean you're from Ireland? Mm -hmm. mm. And you said, no, Iceland. And this was like an American... Mm -hmm government official who had in Baltimore. Not, mm -hmm. Oh, well, there you go. Mm -hmm. Who had not heard of Iceland. So I went to the States in 2002. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we lived in, you know, you know, the Pacific and then 
we lived in you know different parts of the states and before Eyjafjallajökull people would like Iceland like they either mm. had heard of it or had like a cliche Are you Iceland is green is that, is that, is that, is that a state yeah. in America yeah is that in Kentucky that was my uh. favorite isn't that in Kentucky is it the yeah <laughs> But after good people knew. Yeah, all of a sudden, Iceland. people started to look at this. And yeah. So I want to back up for one second, because um, even the American uh, economic disaster, if you want to call it that, I personally, and most people I know, we experienced this in D.C., which is essentially recession-proof, because it's all government jobs. And the government yeah. never goes out of business. They just keep taxing people, yeah. and they keep paying their employees. Yeah. They don't go out of business. Yeah. So I didn't really um, experience this. I remember reading about it, but you know, what if we're the in Ice, Iceland? The Icelander, like, we were playing along. We were buying stocks and we were doing mm. this, you know, and we were taking cheap loans and doing that. We were all in. Ah. The Icelanders were all in. And it's in, the, in maybe in the U.S. You just had your house loan and had your job. Mm. And you wasn't all in. Oh, in so it, you, you were putting housing. You were doing work. Yeah, yeah, people were taking loans to invest. Yeah. I want to know, like, what was it like when it? collapsed here was it I mean I'm I'm the way I hear Icelandic people talk about it it's almost like 1929 in the US like when the stock market really right. just crashed and it turned very black so many people have like new this? loans with foreign currency uh, which will double and the interest will double mm. so the value of the house is almost nil a quarter of what it was yeah. but wise people mm. took their stockings the stocks. Uh, the stocks and mm. and uh, took some out and paid off their loans. Oh, like me. That's what you did. <laughs> so do you own this outright? I own this. Mm -hmm. You no no mortgage or yeah yeah I'm mortgage in my house in my personal on your house you paid them off yeah. Now. yeah. But wow. my sister and uh, my wife's sister she did the opposite. Mm -hmm. She took a new loan with a foreign and had it so big so she could buy a new. Oh, decoration yeah, and yeah. new van and everything. Mm -hmm. She almost lost her house. Mm -hmm. So this is the difference between mm -hmm. how you because mm -hmm. I'm from the old school. Everything goes up, mm -hmm. must come down. Mm -hmm. You yeah. just always so you have to take when you mm -hmm. like when you're gambling. Mm -hmm. you take hundred dollars, you go gambling. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have hundred dollars. Okay, take fifty off and mm -hmm. keep gambling, mm -hmm. and then take and then you. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned you have hundred dollars and you're still gambling. Right. Yeah, it doesn't right. matter. You don't lose any. No. Mm -hmm. I did this when I was in gambling in the. I went to Florida when I was 17 and mm -hmm. went to Bahamas and yeah. when, I went, when I go gambling in the States, and I kind of just take a piece and mm -hmm. then I finish, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just for the fun. My younger brother, it turns out he's really good at poker and when he won his first tournament, he, he was young, like 18 or 19, I think, maybe 19 or 20. He actually opened a bank account with his winnings. Mm. And mm -hmm. he said, if I ever run out of money in this bank account, I'm done. Mm. It's just, it just, yeah. it stayed there. This is the play money. Mm -hmm. So you really do have, now, did this business sense, did this come from your dad as much as the cooking? or No, my mom. Your mom. My dad, my dad is big, he's a gambling of, <laughs> he's uh, a big gambler. But they, you know, gamblers, they win a lot, mm, but they lose, and they lose a lot, but they're mm -hmm. quick again. Up yeah. Mm. So did your the mom? risk takers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My yeah. mom was not involved in this restaurant. She was, she was in another restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, so when this collapse happened, um, you said you had an emergency meeting because you really couldn't predict. That no, we, we had no idea what was going to happen. And, we thought everything because oh people don't have money to go out to have dinners and stuff like that and and uh, we have no tourists and stuff like that but on the contrary the tourists came booming in amazing yeah and that's because of a currency yeah and then like you said, the attention from that volcano. yes now the attention of the yeah then that was like 2010 but uh, the 2008 was like all the reporters and everything was mm. oh we went to Whiteland and uh, and then we went to eat this and then we went this and they have a you know when you send a reporter to Iceland to report for some finance or something they do a lot of side things too so they came a lot to eat from us and they came a lot and you know and and spread out that oh, Iceland is a nice place to go to it's cheap and it's, everything is nice and and beautiful mm. uh, the nature and stuff like that mm. so has that ever been um has that sort of always been nothing but 
a blessing, like great, these tourists come in and you know they pay what we ask and this is great, or has there ever been a tension between this idea of like we want to create an Icelandic restaurant for Icelanders and now no, no, no this came is. gradually and mm. we, we we live with it. There's no problem. Mm. Mm. Never had any trouble. We just keep our uh, our menu fresh and local and uh, mm. and we know if you if I'm coming to the U.S. or going to Italy, so I like to mm. try the locals. Mm -hmm. When I was in Seattle, I went to the, uh, the market there uh, mm -hmm. for the throw in the face and, and down oh, there yeah, was yeah. a seafood mm -hmm. seafood place with all this opening. And mm -hmm. I loved this. You know? yeah. And it had really good seafood there in, the, in Seattle. Mm -hmm. They get their halibut from Alaska, mm -hmm. very fresh and good. Mm -hmm. and they're very fresh seafood there. Yeah. Well, this restaurant, I looked at TripAdvisor, it has over 1,200 five-star reviews, or 1,200 reviews, the vast majority of them, mm -hmm. five-star. What do you think it is that tourists love about The consistently and the mm -hmm. freshness of the fish the fish, and yeah. the dif different of the food, mm. what they're used to. Uh, we have a lot of uh, business owners who bring their, when they have business trips, they bring their foreigners mm. with. And they said, okay, we, we've been eating around town, mm. okay, right? And we've been down in the restaurant. It's a very nice restaurant, just like here in, we have in Europe with the steak and all this stuff. Mm. But here we have something new. We yes. have puffin. We have, well, we, whoa. Yeah. That's just, wow, and it's so good, you know. It is so good. And, and it's fresh, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. Because uh, we dare to be different. You dare to be different. Yeah. And we have only domestic food. Mm-hmm. And we had Jamie Oliver coming here. He was uh, oh, making wow. an advertise. Wow. And we had uh, him just exclusively with this group here. And uh, mm. I was talking to him. And uh, you can see a picture of it on our, home, our mm. website, you know, we, we're here. Mm -hmm. And he said, we had caught. Mm. And he, we were talking and he said, this is the difference between me in London and you here. Mm. Your cut comes from the harbor. It's only yeah. from here. Right. But I need to wait three days. Right. Until it comes to me to London. Right. And the, I mean, the yeah. freshness is always yeah. the number one. Yeah, and really all of your methods are Icelandic methods. You're talking about, you know, fermenting and when. Yeah, yeah, but we have a French-influenced cooking style, you know. Yeah, this is like, we have a lot of French-influenced mm. cooking styles, you know. Mm. And how did you learn that? Uh, mostly in uh, chef school mm. and mm -hmm. uh, some just learning experience visiting uh, restaurants, get able to cook, uh, work a little bit and mm -hmm. get some ideas and, mm -hmm. and from other chefs and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How much, you know, the fish stew is deeply rooted in your grandmother's cooking. Are there other influences from your grandmother that you think you see in here? Yeah, when I could do the crepes, the pancakes, mm -hmm. that's influence for her because she taught me how to do it and she has a little bit the lemon acid in it, a lemon mm. tea, so it's a little fresher than the vanilla just and mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. and you know some of the uh, uh, baking. Mm. Oh the baking yeah. is more from her. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The majority of my audience, maybe 80% of my listeners are Americans and even now as I'm here I'm posting things on Instagram and everybody's saying this is on my bucket list, this is what I want to do, I want to go to Iceland. Um, if, you, if you could just give any advice or tips or even like Admonishments <laughs> to American visitors to Iceland. What would you say to them? Try, try the, try the local stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, go away from the, the mainstream and mm -hmm. the tourist trips. Mm -hmm. Because like we are here in the Alps, uh, you have to really want to come here. Ah. If you go all the way up there, ah. the street, you can go over the but. You really have to, you don't jump in here just a second because mm -hmm. we don't, we're like in the neighborhood where mm -hmm. the Icelanders are here. Right. And some of the Airbnb maybe end. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're not in the mainstream where it is. And that's mm -hmm. usually when I was in Barcelona, the best places were always a few hundred yards of course. Off, the, mm -hmm. off the street. Of course. The ones that were on the main street were yeah. usually some incorporated uh, yeah. fast food or something yeah, like that. <laughs> and a lot lots of places out in the in the countryside. Mm. And maybe if you if you can stay at a farm, mm. that's the best. Very because good. when I was young, there was a tradition, kids would go in the summer season to stay on the farm, to help out. Oh, well, it was an experience most Icelanders had. Yeah, I mean, I started when I was six because my grandmother's 
brother has a farm and yeah. I, everyone was like a babysit there but when I got to be 11 I started driving and helping around and by the age of 12 I would go and get like some money for it mm. and help help yeah. out on the farm and mm -hmm. stuff and well, that's yeah. a very it was a, very rewarding and very good to get out of the city and mm. out in the, in the farms and you yeah. learn a lot about the nature and, mm -hmm. uh, and how to work with all the animals, animals and, mm. and all the herbs and stuff in the mm. nature. Mm. Mm. Even that affected your cooking yeah. at the time. I guess. Yeah, mm. like I said with the seaweed stuff, you mm. know, it's all because we, we love this, you know, mm. see what we can do with the, the, uh, all the natural. I think the seaweed is going to be a big business in the f future. See, you're going to do more and more dishes incorporating seaweed. Yeah, I mean, in the world, they're going to be more used of the seaweed. It's going uh, to be more of the, like, You think it's underutilized across the yeah. entire world? Yes, especially in Iceland, because we have so much and, and different kinds, and uh -huh. you can do so much with it. I mentioned this to Goodmunda the other day. We were in the grocery store, and I was like, you guys have as much seaweed as, say, Japan, but mm -hmm. uh, it's not... I lived in Japan for a year. I mean... Seaweed was in almost every dish, and I don't like seaweed. Yeah, yeah. But it's not used so much here, which I, I just yeah, we find have a, We have dried seaweed, mm -hmm. which is very healthy. Yeah. And very is like almost like a snack. Mm. Oh. Sure. Yeah. Sure. The brownest thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the healthy stuff like <gasps> oh. ribbons. Oh. It looks like ribbons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very healthy stuff. Mm. Well, I have. Do you have time for three more questions? Are you? Yeah. Okay. okay. So one, I Goodmunda actually wanted me to ask this one just about, um, and maybe in relation to the tourists, maybe Icelanders, but we enjoyed the way I had whale two day two ways today. Okay. There's um, she was wondering if you get, and I'm curious as well. Do you get pressure about? You know, whaling, it feels like, is an industry sort of under attack. Do you get pressure as a business owner from your from your um, diners about not, this? Not my diners, no no, no. no, no, no. We had a couple of people walk out because they saw it on the menu, but... Oh, really? Yeah, 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 but uh, I am a spokesman. You are? Kind of off whaling, because uh, a lot of times when people come and want to make an interview stuff, they, mm. they talk to the owner of the whaling corporated, ah. they talk to the... Uh, the whale watching people and they uh -huh. talk to some some anti whaling and uh -huh. and they talk to me because I am pro whaling and I get to cook it or, mm -hmm. or see how I cook it and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I and the owner of the whale he usually said, I'll talk to Stefan, he, he knows <laughs> a lot about it. And I know a lot about the everything, how healthy it is and how good it is and to consume. To consume, consume. Yeah, yeah, for that. And I know I went on a convention uh, last year in Faroe Island with Namco, it's a North Atlantic uh, mammal stuff, and there ah. were people from Canada, from Greenland, Faroe Island, Iceland, mm. Norway, and uh, we were cooking all from the, they were all the way from seal, from the uh, fin whale, and from everybody was cooking, and mm -hmm. it was a very nice experience, and, uh, mm. and they made the video of it, but I know you can probably see it in Namco, if mm. they want it. And, uh, I, because I love the whaling and I love the whale. And you love the whaling, you yeah, the industry. Yeah, and the industry. And uh, we had a whaling ban mm. for 16 years. From Six. 1980, what, 6, 19, or something. Okay, it was like a kind of like a 16 year whaling ban in Iceland. And was that um, the idea for that? Did that come from Icelanders? Or no, no, was that no. That was the whaling. International pressure. Yeah, pressure. They ah. banned the whaling. Uh -huh. We said no, no, no. We, we, but we were fighting this, you know. Mm. And uh, they said, okay, you can have whaling because they were counting. And there was lots of whale here. But so who's we, they? Who allowed it to? Come uh, this international whaling committee, mm. which has all the world, the, the nations, countries in it. Mm -hmm. And they voted that we would totally ban all whaling, but the, way, the, the Japanese didn't listen, and the Norwegian didn't listen, but we can, okay, we'll do it. And then, it. Mm. And then we, we fought it, and we got it to release again. And is the idea, I mean, is it, would these people that are against it, all this pressure, would they sort of just um, espouse veganism? They're against all animal killing, or is there something um, specific that they dislike about because you're all describing of it, a very humane, for instance, process. Like, yeah. what are they kind of against? Both they they claim we're overfishing them, mm. which you're saying like a hundred a year out of forty thousand, mm -hmm. which is nothing, and uh, 
cruelty how they kill him, but it's not very. I mean, yes, but it's nothing beautiful to go in the slaughterhouse either. And uh, if you're shooting game, you can you can miss Mm. in Rangers and Mm. and Mm. and Mm. lots of Americans say, "Oh, they're so cute." And so Mm. is Bambi. Well, and you eat as Bambi. Americans, right? We we mm, it's, we say that, but then we go to the grocery store. And our, our our problem in America, to me, it's very simple. We're just too distant from our food in general. I mean, it, that's what I see. When when they're farm, I know how they. We we know the rich and you know some people wake and say, "Why do you kill the animals? Just eat the meat in the store." <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, mm, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just asking him your question about the whaling, so I can give you the synopsis, or you can listen to that. So. I'll listen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just two two last questions. Um, one, uh, you know, you talked about the fish stew from your grandmother, and um, you've been very uh, you're very committed to cooking Icelandic food the Icelandic way here. And yesterday, good Monday, or maybe two days ago, her husband was giving me this like impassioned speech about the story that Icelandic food tells. Mm-hmm. So I didn't put this in the notes, so it's okay. If you okay. But if you would say like there's a story that Icelandic food tells, what would you say the story is? Mm. You, okay, the story is when we were here many hundred years ago mm. and we had only ships coming here in the fall and in the autumn. Maybe twice a year we have a ship with with groceries and stuff. Mm. You eat what you have. You mm. eat everything in there in your. Mm. You have to. Why do you eat puffin? Because we didn't have any ships or stores and stuff. Mm. And why do you eat the horse? You know, well, people don't eat a horse. You have to eat everything. Yeah. Why do you eat the half of the sheep? Why? Why not? You because know, the option is starvation. We didn't have any. We mm. were starving. Mm. We were a starving nation in the old days. So mm. we eat everything. From the like the testicles, from mm. the sheep and everything, you know. Mm, the eyes. Yes, yeah, so mm. we had to eat to survive. Mm-hmm. And you learned how to make it delicious, every part. Uh, some people would say they're lucky they didn't, uh, they didn't, they weren't around hundred years ago because it wasn't really delicious food. Mm. <laughs> the fish. The, I mean, overcooked fish and uh. sour stuff and this. Mm. It wasn't always del- delicious. Del- but it does, it does tell a story of resilience. Yes. That's what yes. the Icelandic yes. food tells a yeah. story of resilience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were even here on little boats, and we were looking at all the friends on the sailboats. They were catching the bigger fish because they could go further away. Mm-hmm. And, and all the English and everything were you coming here. the train ships were sort of they, they came poaching. here. They came here, and they, they, hunted, they, they caught mm-hmm. it, salted it, and went away. They didn't even come to Iceland, but in the French, uh, they came sometimes, and sometimes they have to have accidents. Mm-hmm. So the French came here and built some hospitals. Mm-hmm. So, so we were, you know, they had to strand. They had to. Mm-hmm. They didn't come here to get anything, just. Mm-hmm. But they, they stranded and some. Mm-hmm. We helped them out, and, and they built the Foskurfjörður, yeah. the French hospital, mm-hmm. because they came here every year to, just right. to, to not usually just to fish, yeah. but a mm-hmm. salted cod on. Uh, on the on the vessels and then they leave. Mm. We had nothing to sell. Mm-hmm. Mm. No. Mm. They even like. It was a real hand to mouth. Yeah. Existence. Had, to get salt in Iceland, why bring salt to Iceland? What we, what we can buy from you? Except after we started fishing the cod and salted ourselves. That's. Then we had the salt from Portugal and then. Like this from Torrevecca. Yeah, I was noticing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is where we get the salt from, from Torrevecca, uh, and they were bring full loads of salt and get full load of cut uh, back along. Yeah. Back. This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, and then my last question would just be for anyone listening who's hopefully going to come here and try your restaurant. What um, What do you recommend? What do you say everybody should try if they come here? They should try the fish stew. The fish stew. Yeah. I'm going to second that. And <laughs> The halibut. I mean, the halibut. That but if you if you're uh, if you're bald, you try the whale. I think you have to try the yes, whale because really, when else and where else are you going to? And do yeah, that? lots of people do that. They say, okay, mm. this is the only place on the earth except Japanese and Norway that you can have whale. Right. And lots of people from uh, from Europe they say, oh, too bad we can't have it mm. in our mm. country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything you uh, were hoping I would ask that I didn't ask or anything you want people to know? No, not really, but uh, there's one thing with the uh, wailing of the mm. Japanese. Mm -hmm. Somebody told me that uh, they were after the war, the Americans came there, mm. and the Japanese were starving. The American general said, see the whales, go out and hunt them and eat them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> the Americans made the Japanese eat the whale. Mm. Somebody told me that. I don't know. It was maybe more sacred to them. For them not to try it, it's strange because I mean, I mean our 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 whaling company is from 1947, but before that, mm -hmm. we had whalings uh, yeah. stationed all over. But that was for the fat. That was right. before the oil. They just for boiled energy. them. Yeah, they boiled them and just to light up Europe and uh -huh. all that. And yeah. uh, after that, the 47, that was for eating. But the other yeah. ones were only for, just mainly for, before the oil. And after the oil, they didn't want to. Hunt anymore else. Even I used to work at Carpetian, mm -hmm. uh -huh. 28 years ago or something. And we had whale on the menu. And this is when like tourists, especially American tourists, started to come. They would look at the menu and they would leave because they were so offended we would serve whale. Yeah, we have we have like four times this has happened yeah. here. But yeah, because they probably already know here. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're more. Yeah. But yeah. once we had. People from Greenpeace come here. Yeah. Had uh, people. Yeah. And they said, we're going to have whale. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, why? Because, you know, you didn't kill it and stuff, but we have to be ready for the debate when we were said, you don't know what you're talking about. You have no tragedy. Oh. Yeah. So it was okay. Well, they I got respect. Credit for that. They That's got so respect for me. Yeah, thank you. Thank no you problem. so much for you're your welcome. time and a nice. really delicious meal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you all so much for listening. A couple of uh, announcements, reminders, and one big request. First of all, Chef Stefan was very, very gracious to share his um, traditional Plockfisker fish stew recipe with us, which is more sort of like a casserole, we would think. We would think of it more as a casserole. It's creamy. It's rich. It's very, very delicious. And um, that recipe, the link to it is right there in the show notes. Also, of course, there's a link to the contact information and the website for Prier Frakar, so you can set up uh, your own opportunity to visit when you head over to Iceland. Likewise, I have I, I have put up a blog post just sharing some photos of my trip, my most recent trip to Iceland, um, very wintry photos. And these um, go along with just a couple of reflections that I had on the trip personally. Finally, my big request, as always, if you would leave a five-star review, so that's a five-star rating plus a review of a few words about the storied recipe, that would mean so much to to me personally. It really does help the podcast grow. And uh, it just makes my work feel worthwhile. And I appreciate it so much. So if you'll do that, um, a link to easily leave that five star review is right there in the show notes as well. As always, I love to hear from you Becky at the storiedrecipe.com. Next episode, we will be continuing with this theme of Iceland, I will be having uh, Alta Sigmundsdottir on. And she she's a very prolific Icelandic writer. Um, she has written lots of books about Iceland itself, specifically for uh, non-Icelanders like myself. These books are available um, everywhere, including the museum shops in Iceland. She has also written, and what we're mainly going to be focusing on, a very, very powerful memoir of her quite complicated relationship with her mother. It's a memoir that completely blew me away. I read about three quarters of it in one sitting, and I'm just absolutely thrilled to be speaking with her next time. So make sure you subscribe to the Storied Recipe podcast so you will not miss that interview. Thank you so much and have a great week, my friends.